0: Wrestling? Uh, what do you uh, What do you got today, man? We've, we've had a little bit of an interesting afternoon. Or actually, we just had an interesting what, like thirty seconds watching Ronda Rousey make a complete idiot of herself. <laughs>
1: Dude, I didn't even know that happened. I am uh, not a million percent tied into the social media apparatus. I check Facebook constantly because I don't know what else to do with my hands sometimes, um, and uh, because. Because I I read, I, you know, I'll take books with me and stuff like that, but I have to be in my appropriate setting to be able to sit down and just do it. So, like, I'll just be on Facebook. I didn't see anything about that. And then uh, Joshua just told me that she, uh, that Ronda Rousey had just made a, uh, a big fuss posted four hours ago. Um,
0: Fake ass pipe bomb. Yeah, I'm not going
1: to call that uh, very, very pipe bomby. That was... Uh, I don't know. Not was that she drunk? It was a firecracker. Wasn't a big a deal? I don't know how you much I she... can really trust that anyways.
2: You think she's drunk?
1: No, I don't think she was drunk in that. That was... Uh, I can see her getting wound up for any reason at all. Um, I think... Best case scenario, that this is all part of the story. And yeah, it's a work. If it's a work, and th- then they need to... Yeah, they should... like The, the company, WWE, should be... Making a work, making works uh, overflow into everybody's social media.
0: Um, well, that that could that could be possible. And I would Bruce, dig Bruce, that. Richard, Bruce Pritchard, Bruce uh, Pritchard, ever since he took over for Arn Anderson, Raw and SmackDown have been absolute kick ass. Yeah. two weeks in a row, and they've got that uh, Dean Ambrose thing going on. It could be a work too. You know, if, if what you say is a possibility, that would be yeah. Let's 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 turn social media against itself. And really put people in a frenzy.
1: I mean, what all that you and I talked about last night, discussing one of your new works, which is not a work, as, as we're mm-hmm. calling it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, like our listeners and subscribers, when we're talking about a work uh, in as it pertains to wrestling, there are words, there are terms. Obviously, any of our wrestling fans and friends are going to know these things. But we, we're saying this. So anybody else who's catching up with us? understands a work is when they're they're saying something is legit and it may or may not be and it's something that propels part of the story story of these live characters and stuff like that. It doesn't Uh if they're taking stuff that's a work that's it doesn't all nothing all has to happen in ring. Nothing all has to happen on the air. Imagine dominating another percentage of your (laughs) fan base mind In consciousness by what they're seeing and getting fed in their social media. It's out there. There is no reason why they shouldn't be doing that. Even when they're
0: not watching the product, they're still getting product. Exactly.
1: Maybe (laughs) they're not paying. I mean, we're watching what you're, you're paying for cable. So you've got USA. So you can watch Raw. So you can watch SmackDown. So you can watch. TNA and you can watch Impact and everything else. All of these different companies, they're giving you essentially free contract because of your cable provider. It doesn't all have to happen. It doesn't happen. To, doesn't have to be a pay-per-view. They want you to be thinking about this, and that's the same thing as anything else. Marvel wants you to be watching, thinking about Star Wars because there's merchandise out there. There's toys. There's comics. There's clothing. There's costumes. There's exclusives. This it's the same thing here. And if they're just catching up to this idea, thank you guys for finally getting there. But uh, I mean I hope that it's a work because this this, and I hope that the Dean Ambrose thing is a work too because we love him, though I'd love to see him do some more crazy stuff. I want Moxley. uh,
0: I want Moxley. I've had
1: John Moxley for real. If it's John Moxley we get, it'll be a whole different guy and the rules will be completely different in whatever uh, whatever uh wrestling corporation he goes to i don't know man you think it's a work or don't you
0: uh i think it's a work i think that i think it's a total work and i i'm i'm hoping that we get moxley but i think that's a work too i think they're figuring out a way to really get in people's consciousness in a different in a different way and if if we get moxley okay I'm going to be happy, but if we get the shield and him still WWE, everyone's still going to be happy too. It's so as long as we get good product. I think the only reason why anyone's getting into a frenzy about this is cuz she was saying naughty naughty words on oh, yeah. on her on her TV show, but if it was really a shoot and she was really that pissed off, she would have destroyed Becky Lynch in the ring on Monday. Like not, that she would have annihilated her. Don't Becky don't wouldn't have had a chance. I think she pulled
1: all of those punches necessarily. She looked oh. particularly fierce and more fierce than usual but what we didn't see at the same time was Becky Lynch defending herself in a fashion unbecoming of scripted choreographed fight moves you right know?
0: right and we'll we'll get more into that uh later on actually because we're mm-hmm. actually gonna we're gonna actually do this uh minefields in two parts you guys won't notice but uh we're actually recording this on Friday like you said earlier uh, yeah it's Friday Yeah, it's Friday. Friday. everyone's teaching it, yeah and uh, tonight I'm going to Colorado Springs uh, wrestling wrestling show at a, at a bar, a bar fight. So bar wrestling, I can't wait. Man. So uh, we want to wrap that up. And then also uh, New Japan has a really good show coming up. I want to make sure we get taken care of and you're going to be gone. I'm going to try to get uh, my buddy uh, Cody to watch it with me and we can uh, report on the New Japan stuff as we watch it live. which should be a lot of fun. I just want to make sure that there's – very little good things out there about New Japan in terms of product and reviews and podcasts. It's, it's usually pretty short unless you want to subscribe to someone awesome like Wade Keller, but he that costs money. <laughs> We're free. We're free. Uh, we want to be the good free guys. Um, but we got some good comics to talk about today. Cool. I have uh, Ronin Island, number one, by Boom Studios, by Greg Pack and Giannis uh, Milan, Milano Giannis, actually. So, yeah, we keep getting these... Comics with these guys with crazy names.
1: <laughs> it can't all be Dan Slot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jeff has anybody Smith.
1: really ever had a real reasonable name? You know, I mean, no. Mike Diodato. Is that. It, 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 that's the beauty of it, is that, you know, that. It's actually not his real name. It's not his real name. Oh, no. wow. Thank you yeah. for illuminating me. What's his yeah, real name? D- Do you know it off the D-
0: top of your head? Uh, Diodato is his real name. I think he's Brazilian. Um, ah. His last name is Diodato, but his name is one a longer a longer uh, Portuguese-type sounding name. And oh, I, wow. I think – I guess Mike is the equivalent of that. We've got Thank the you. Immortal Hulk pre- number that's, 14. That's,
1: that's illuminating. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, no problem. I, I follow him on Instagram. I love the guy.
1: Oh, yeah. He's always,
0: in his, he's always in his sweats, eating food, drawing, not giving a shit about nothing. I love it. I love seeing this guy just be happy. He's got his kids around. The guy is just a bundle of artistic joy. That's wonderful. Uh, uh, Immortal Hulk number fourteen, uh, guys. We're gonna make sure we can try to keep this really fresh and not always like every week. There's gonna be a new Hulk, a new Ice Cream Man. Despite that, I would like it that way, but we got to keep it fresh. However, this Immortal Hulk number fourteen is special, and you'll know why when we get there. We've I'm got.
1: Nodding. Uh, I'm
0: nodding. Yes, yes <laughs> uh, we've got some nods. That. We got some nods. Uh, we got Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man number sixteen. H U hunted. So Man. that we got some delicious Black Cat on the cover. Uh, and it's funny because Colin, Colin's a big Spidey fan, but he hasn't really picked up in a while because he's he got a little turned off from it a couple of years ago. And by a couple, I mean like ten, fifteen. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we it's gotta, harsh. We we, we got oh, We'll get into that in a minute. But and then I've got Doomsday Clock number nine of twelve by Jeff Johns,
2: and we Dude, got. I, just, uh,
1: I can't wait to talk about
0: that. I'm not reading it, but
1: uh, there's still it's still fascinating to see people showing up for it
0: it 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 was it was a spectacle oh really yeah the cover you get the you get the ring floating you got blood in the air Mm -hmm. in space i'm not air in space in space starts out where manhattan is destroying the ring talking about the boy sacrificing his life and you turn the page and you see this gorgeous gorgeous spread of all these different spaceships on their way to mars check that out they are all different huh yeah
1: what's the deal there are they not all from the same united space agency or are they uh like they're all they're all dc characters spaceships particular to their their storyline you're right there okay cool right there
0: there. yeah gary frank knocked it knocked it out of the park in the next week um Brad Anderson as well as a colorist. Uh, They didn't really do the same thing they did for the original Watchmen and do that same um, secondary color type palette. This is the the new DC, beautiful illuminated colors. But you see all the heroes on the way to Mars. You see all the heroes on the way to Mars. You've got the way they design the pages. I don't know if you guys ever actually noticed this about Watchmen. Uh, Colin, you and I talked about this today. Gunther and I talked about it last night, a buddy I'm doing a project with. Mm -hmm. And – it, you know, nine panels per page, perfect squares. But when it deviates from nine panels per page, it'll be like three at the top, one big one in the middle, and then four at the bottom, and the exact same thing on the next side. So it'll, it'll mirror it as best as it can. Everyone is on their way to Mars because that's where Dr. Manhattan is and Dr. Manhattan and – Dr. Manhattan was pretty naughty. Superman is in a coma. We see Rorschach knocked on the ground, maskless like a homeless guy with a sign that says you see what you want to see. The entire world is in a frenzy. Actually, it wasn't Dr. Manhattan that really went off. It was Firestorm actually. Forgive me. Mm. And they know Manhattan is on on Mars and they're on their way to they're on their way to do their best to just kick his ass. And the one that supposedly is leading this little tirade of a battle is Guy Gardner and it's funny cuz he makes this perfect connection right in the face of Manhattan. You see the neck kind of break flip back and then Manhattan just gets hey, You know what? That puts that on your finger. I want to check that out. Why don't you just stay right there? <laughs> I'm gonna get this from you. And disassemble your ring, and then you're gonna fall down in your regular clothes. Your your biker jacket's gone, and he's having such a great time learning stuff for the first time. He's he's hasn't really that hasn't happened for him in quite a long time. Huh. And as he encounters the various aspects of the DC universe, Satana, Constantine, they're doing their best to make make the, the most damage they possibly can. No one is really doing anything. Anytime anyone does anything, he just snaps his fingers. Boom. Everyone's flying 20 feet in the air. Great action scenes. We see Lex Luthor with uh, Lois Lane. And in order to get her trust just to talk to him, he hands her a gun. <laughs> it says, All right. He hands her a gun. It's loaded. Yeah, but the safety's on. I know how to take it off. Manhattan is, wow, obviously this is going to be another one of those things we're going to have to uh, long box later on when they complete the uh, the 12 series probably in That's, like four or five months. If anybody months.
1: wonders why I'm not reading it, it's because something like that I feel like I would much rather read all in one lump. And my impression, uh, having talked to somebody at my local retailer, was that uh, it's it's been a while since the last issue came out. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, it's been like almost three months.
1: That's just like that's that's barely better than uh, Ultimates way back in two thousand ish or whatever. Oh, across uh, what? How long did it take? Four years for that book to come out? Oh, forever. Yeah, it's crazy now. What do you <clears throat> got, bud? What do you got? Man, I read that same. Let's let's talk about Spidey for a second. I I did, I did pick up that Spider-Man. I'm sorry, folks. I'm a sucker for cheesecake when it comes to the Black Cat. I have a framed poster of Terry and Rachel Dodson's Black Cat from the cover of one of the issues that Ke- they did with Kevin Smith. And while Kevin Smith bores me to tears, I'm not going to say that wasn't an interesting story way back then. I am, however, on eBay right now selling... A Black Cat Marvel Select from that storyline, if anybody gives a Flying Fig Newton. Uh, but I saw this and I was like, man, this is a rip on that cover. It's not a rip. It's just it's a it's a it's a do essentially. but or yeah, yeah, maybe it is. It's a it's an homage. And why not? It's Greg Land. We all know. Well, do we?
2: You know if you want to know about Greg Land,
1: work. ask us about it. Or go on YouTube and uh, check out some people who complain against him. Uh, some of his stuff is delicious. Some of his stuff is uh, taking it a little too far. But um, this is a beautiful cover. And the man does some great work. I don't care if he he's racing or not. It's beautiful. He, he
0: does absolute great work. If you don't like it, if you don't like his process, kiss his ass. He's making <laughs> killer artwork. What are you doing? You're complaining online. If you don't like it, don't read it. If you, if there's not enough nudity in Playboy, get a hustler.
1: <laughs> I don't think there's any nudity in Playboy anymore. Is it? Didn't it? Oh, didn't
0: they it they, go- they they brought it back. Trust they me, they did. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, yeah. they they brought it back. But we've got some great black
2: millions guys on the of cover uh,
1: Elvis fans can't be wrong. Nope, yeah, no, yeah. Let me cannot. tell you, folks. I I okay. What's my beef with Spider-Man? I'm never not going to like Spider-Man. I'm always going to like Spider-Man. The thing is, is. Spider-Man is. A timeless legend that you have so many different eras of Spider-Man to pay attention to that if you don't like what's going on in Spider-Man right now, then you don't have to. You can go back and you can... I'm reading all the Silver Age Spidey books. Uh, A couple of years ago, my son and I were reading each Marvel Masterwork Spider-Man book one after the other. And then uh, we kind of got away from it. I don't know why exactly, but lately he wanted to read <laughs> Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning's Guardians of the Galaxy. Why not? Yeah, why not? Ass. Uh, so th- I'm going to tell you. Yeah, this we got. I picked this up because I was like, "Oh, the Black Cat. I want to see what's going on with that." And um, also, anytime the Amazing Spider-Man title font looks like it does on this one, the classic title font. Oh, I know it's off. probably not some thing where they're just going for the buck i always hated that 90s drippy looking title font that they did uh, i didn't like it either. it's like i don't know that they know that that just coincides with this is probably not going to be as good quality this is a uh, nick spencer it's in uh Ibn coyeo coyeo co- 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 i don't know how to do that and co- uh, co- at- co- okay, like that. let's do that Uh, and uh, Edgar Delgado. Delgado. Also, I'm seeing uh, VC's Joe Caramagna again. uh, I want to talk to this guy.
0: I want to know all about VC sometime. We haven't done it yet. Oh, that's the guy you were talking about. Behind behind the scenes, guys. He's been ranting on and on about this guy because we got to get him on the podcast. Uh, I've talked to anybody over
1: at VC. It's virtual calligraphy. I'm fascinated to know about lettering now because of these guys. Why
0: is it a company? Before we get too far, I want to talk about what you said about the logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we started, you were talking about what is canon, and you were having trouble in regards to which Spider-Man should you read, because there's a ton of them out there's right now. There's too a Spider-Man out there. There's
1: too many yeah. Spidey characters. Who should I be paying attention to? What's really going to matter?
0: Well, this logo, along with it being the actual, you know, canon Spidey, like part of the, the legacy line, is what to look for. And, you know, the other stuff is kind of fun. You know, you never know if they're going to actually integrate it, if it hits it off. But I'm sorry. I just wanted to. I wanted to answer your question from what you said earlier.
1: Yeah, thank you. Please continue. Please continue. Basically, Spider-Man is always going to be one of the flagship titles. I mean, Marvel without having Spider-Man, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man. You know, what else do you want to throw out there? Probably, I, I, I keep picking up Daredevil because they don't go wild with it generally. It always stays true to its roots. Spider-Man has gone off the rails a few times. Obviously, the Clone Saga, the Other, the uh, Uh, Brand New Day.
0: The the Other, Other Clone Saga.
1: And then the Other,
0: Other, Other Clone Saga.
1: (laughs) No, I mean like the Other that – was it J. Michael Straczynski? When when Peter Parker died and then he became a cocooned character and they gave him like those spikes that came out of his wrists, what the hell (laughs) – That's just so, I know that Spidey has had some problems. Go back to the Neogenics, if that's what it was called, and he had six arms. That's legendary. But that was mainline Spider-Man. I have had my problems with with where they've taken this character beyond credulity. But this book I particularly like because it focused on the Black Cat as an ancillary Black Cat character. And then... I did pick up the Black Cat books that I saw a couple of years ago in the main Spider-Man uh, continuity, and I was like, why doesn't she remember stuff? What's going on? And I realized, okay, yeah, it has all to do with the Mephisto gift and then, the, uh, and then Doctor Strange, and this is well-detailed. If you're trying to figure out what's been going on in Spider-Man lately, if you need a jumping-off point, I'm going to say go ahead and pick this up because what's going on with Black Cat's memories is right, precisely Mike. something that they have to deal with. And they shouldn't have to. When you're doing something like this, it's because this character has become convoluted. Spider-Man, not Black Cat. When I, your yes. character, when your side characters, when your when buddies have to pay for what's been going on in your, in your continuity... By having memories come back or flood back or whatever, then unless you're going to do that to everybody, I I don't know why it's worth messing up a giant series. So is this an in effect a retcon? Stands a chance. Is it no. good storytelling? Honestly, I like this book a lot.
0: Great storytelling, yes. Retcon, no. Okay. Uh, in re- in regards to what you said about uh, what you just said a second ago. I, I, this is one of those instances where if, if you've ever um, worked as an artist, which you have multiple times oh, yeah. constantly, that sometimes your mistakes pay off. And this time they the mistakes of everyone else that they've made with Spider-Man, these guys uh, – Nick Spencer, by the way, who did an expert series on Image with uh, – called uh, Morning Glories, by the way. I love it. Oh, yeah. Good one. Uh, uh, well, uh, he took their mistakes. Uh, What they did with Doctor Strange wasn't as bad as what they did with One Last Day, but the mistakes were made. He took those mistakes, and it led for an an amazing intro to this particular issue. You get dropped in. Black Cat is suffering from her memories flooding back because Peter told her who he was, Uh and now she's having to suffer this. Even through battles, she's having to suffer through it. What else did you like about the comic? Huh?
1: Oh, that's I like that point in particular that the memories are coming to her in an almost linear temporal fashion. Now, forgive me for using a bunch of Star Trek terminology, but that's part I, of what makes me smart. You, you uh, make
0: it so. Make it
1: <laughs> so. She isn't remembering everything in one giant flood. Like when you go back and think of like House of M, where Peter was married to Gwen and Aunt May was happy and they had kids and everything was cool. And then when House of M was over, Peter was sharing two lifetimes worth of memories. His his previously existing memories and his memories of House of M simultaneously. That was amazing to me. That made the long-suffering Peter Parker even more of a heartache character for me. And so they're not doing that here, but they're doing something along the lines where she got a big rush of it, but more of it is happening in a chapter-like fashion to her as the hours tick by, as the days go by, since she learned the truth. I say, quote, you know, and not even quotations. But, um, so yeah, it messes with her in the midst of things, and it could distract her. It could wreck her moment. It could wreck her salvaging a situation. At least I hope that's what they're going to play... You know, this is... We're qualifying this as a one-shot, right? Because it bleeds right into the the hunted uh, event book.
0: I believe so. But Um, if they pay attention
1: to that that idea that it could mess up her game, that would be really cool. Uh, What else did I like? I'm glad to see this business of uh, what's going on. Like, Mob... The the, the the MCU, no, I'm sorry, not the MCU. I'm sorry, folks. The the Marvel Comics, like, Underworld. I love it when they get weird and start doing stuff, like, paying attention to all of those characters. The owl, like the Magia? The Kingpin. The Maggie Oh, my God, yeah. Is it Magia, Magia? I don't know what to say. Because we were talking about, you and I were talking about Count Nefaria uh, the day before yesterday. And right? look him up, folks. If you don't know who he is. Avengers villain, X-Men villain, Moon Knight villain. He's everybody's villain, whether they know it or not. Uh, Get online and check out who Count Nefaria is. And so when they start doing something with an underworld lean, I get really excited. Uh, Especially since the underworld can't be trusted to, um, and I'm talking about organized crime, they can't be trusted to work together. You know, the villains should always be capable of fighting each other at a moment's notice. This isn't old-school Marvel where the heroes are going to like, oh, I'm a hero, you're a hero, we have to fight first, and then we realize we're on the same page. Right. But uh, the Underworld guys are like, no, I'm a bad guy, you're a bad guy, we can fight any time. We call it combat restrictions. Anyway, long story long, I like that. I also like that Taskmaster is involved with this, and I'm... Black Ann. I am... Disappointed to see that Taskmaster is involved with this and simultaneously being used in the kick-ass Black Widow book that's that's going on right now. Though, because we haven't seen more of it yet, we don't know what's going on with why he can be. You know, everybody's always in two places at one time in in these books. But I was really hoping the kids in the cage were going to be paying attention to that plot line over in black widow but that's way too much to hope for
0: i want to talk about what you said earlier about it being a one shot nothing you can say could convince me this was a one shot because okay. not just because the expert okay you could at first yeah one shot you, you get tricked into buying a comic book because like some legendary artist does the cover but then you open the page and some f-lister guy that knocked it out in two weeks takes over the art that is not oh, the case no. in this this is like not the, the case means? no i'm saying it was amazing oh okay that, great the, the, yeah i'm saying that iban uh Cueo, this guy yeah this guy is this guy is an up-and-comer here man like the the linear storytelling in this without the bubbles i can figure out what's happening good like point if you, if you if you paid attention to it you can figure out what the pain in her eyes that these are flashbacks from the the way it's way it's colored from the flashbacks to when it's actually happening. Solid, I was so solid point. I was so immersed in this comic book. I did not see the the heel turn from Tombstone of all people betraying uh, Felicia. Like when it happened, I'm like, oh, of course. But still, how did I not see that coming? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but we I, would I hope was, that was, there I, would be more. Right, right. But, but like they they set these off awesome little tools to kind of lead you away from thinking that he's going to turn on. Okay, fine. I need this real bad. Here's a place to go here. Here's this guy's secret treasure trove of art. I know you like it. X-Boss, just go take, take, <laughs> take a couple things from it and we'll be cool. I'm giving you something too. And also, uh, if, if you guys haven't been reading Spider-Man lately, they're building up to a big Craven, the Hunter storyline right now. The last issue that came out was following Craven uh, actually in the savage land, having murdered his own family uh, figured out a way to clone himself, to raise his own self. Has this oh army God. of 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 his, the army of himself that he raises as himself, and then lets them out into the world. He 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 sits there waiting like a proud papa, waiting for them to come back from their missions that he sent back. And only one guy returns. He created this huge spread, huge all this delicious feast, and only one guy shows up with one of his you know, cloned cells with a giant bag of heads. He He hunted down every single one of them and he falls to his knees crying. And he's like, you know, you're like, okay, why is he crying? And then he's like, finally, I have a son. He, he set that whole
1: thing up.
0: He, that's that's what what he wanted. Sinister on a level that I've never seen from Craven. That's what he wanted. And then, He's like, all right, boy, time to do the real work. And he puts on a suit. They take off to New York. He has a big uh, like dinner with all these rich people, and basically offers them a chance to hunt the super super villains that they've had beefs with in a sense. So like, um, if- so sold on this. That they've had beasts with. And, and in the past, like, I want to say, like, eight issues of Spidey, Taskmaster and Black Ant keep kidnapping people. Yeah. Like, and, and, yep. and, 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 like, was it like three issues ago, they kidnapped the rhino? And, like, you get a little more distracted. Okay, we don't care about that. We don't really. It's one of those little, okay, this is just to set this up so we can be worried about Aunt May because he's always worried about Aunt May. <laughs> but I feel kind of like a dummy because I, re- I didn't realize, okay, this keeps happening. And then he shows them, you know, like the, you know, what's that book called? The, the greatest game or the greatest hunt? The most dangerous um, game. Yeah, it's definitely based on that. But of course, all these rich people go to the savage land, and all these all these uh, baddies are kidnapped. Now, if you notice, all the people that were in Taskmaster and Black Ant's little uh, uh, preliminary little holding cell, obviously mm-hmm. on the way to someplace else, were all uh, animal themed people. The owl. They were there to get the black cat. Uh, I didn't the, nos- notice the, that. The, the lizard boy.
1: A, <coughs> excuse me. I didn't notice that, but mainly because I didn't pick up those Spidey issues. This is the Everybody, this is the point of, of the comics and po- wrestling podcast here of the minefields is that if you're not reading something, here's something that you should be into. And I want to go back and I want to check all of this out now.
0: You right, know? right. And Gunther was saying the same thing <coughs> yesterday, <laughs> and uh, and you guys will meet Gunther eventually. Trust me, he's he's absolutely rad. Um, you guys talk about things I'm not going to buy, and then make me think, well, maybe I should go back and get get it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and. It's nice to go into a comic store and just get one thing, you know, like I'm here for one thing and you find it and oh thank God. it's that uh, Thursday sale. <laughs> it's the Thursday
1: sale. Yeah, I picked yeah. up my books and blah blah blah, and then I talked to somebody and they were like, You got I don't know why you're not checking this out. And then pow, you go back and you're like, Yeah, I gotta drop another four bucks on uh on this book. Or I gotta pick I gotta pick up these now. That's the Thursday sale. Thursday consecutively the uh, worst day of the week, probably for comic book stores. You go in on a th- go in and pick up something on Thursday. You know you're going to see somebody there bagging and boarding stuff. You're going to see somebody there uh, that would be happy to talk to somebody because that's the that's the the day where they're pulling out the short boxes, the long boxes, and they're restocking stuff. <laughs> Anyway, so, needless to say, folks, whatever's going on in Amazing Spider-Man right now, it's leading up to something badass. Simultaneously, if you didn't pick this this particular issue up, it totally plays into what's going on. And, um, simultaneously, I'm interested in this, despite the fact that, to me, Craven the Hunter died in the mid-80s during the Cravens' Last Hunt storyline. One of the first... What am I going to say? You pay cover price, right? This is one of the first back issues I ever got. My good friend Elias got me one of the books in The Craven's Last Hunt. It was a back issue for my birthday, probably in the sixth grade, because that's when I first met him, and uh, then somehow or another I ended up getting a trade paperback collection of it before I even knew what that was, and that storyline is so incredible. I used to read it every year at Halloween. Um I mean go go check that out. If you can't find a trade of it, you know, check your local first, but if you if you can't find it, you know, no no harm. Check it out online, see what you can find or see if they'll Think order it, it for you.
0: You 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 spiked a memory that I, was, I had a a bullet point in my head. You you brought it up. Mm-hmm. If you can't find it at your local if you can't, if it's too expensive online, go to your library. Oh, that's they, a good point. Li- libraries have oodles and oodles of good graphic novels. I every time, like here in Colorado Springs, every time I go and get some comics, there's always one dude with a bag just taking as much as he can <laughs> and to devour. Yeah, <laughs> It's too true. Too true. Yeah, go to your library. In fact, a lot of guys, a lot, like because a uh, free comic book day is coming up in a couple of months. Uh, libraries also have free comic books as well, like the same way. So if you can't find it at your two locals or three locals or, God forbid, three or four, I think there's like six comic stores in Colorado Springs, man. I can't believe that this town can support that much. I mean Norman can barely support two. And Norman is a college town, and this is a military town. Whatever's yeah. happening, I love it. It makes me happy that there's that much that much industry here. Hopefully – you know, Escape Velocity, they've got two spots. Um, I, I hope they can keep perpetuating it. They were really smart and opened one up right outside of the big movie theater, Rafa um, uh, of Powers, and, uh, you know, the, with the IMAX and that sort of thing. Oh, so that's you, a great idea. It, that's a good idea. I know. That's a great if, if, spot. If you're going to the movie theater to see a comic movie, you might as well stop in the comic store. Maybe they got an issue. What? You know, why not?
1: That was always you're, my favorite thing about living in L.A. was like not only, okay, yeah, we're going to go watch a movie. Sure, we'll hit up Earth 2 on the way over there, you know? We're going to the Sherman Oaks Galleria, uh, or whatever it is, and we're going to watch something at the Arclight. We'll stop at Earth 2 on the way out there. It's not that much farther out of the way. Yeah, it's a lot more traffic lights, but you know, you leave early enough, whatever. Uh, and, like, there's all kinds of places along the road.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, Before uh, we move on to the next comic book, I do want to say that every guy I've ever met in my whole life named Elias was awesome. Yeah, this was Elias it, with an I. It was an I, I Elias. Wait a minute! It, it, oh my gosh! I'm sorry, everybody. I gotta double check that. Every new name named Trent, named Awesome. But I didn't announce <laughs> it earlier because I wanted to yeah. surprise everyone. Our new favorite gimmick, the Walking Dead minute. Oh
1: my God! I'm I'm still picking up the Walking Dead. I've got probably. Two years worth. I think everybody knows at this point that I sold my Walking Dead comics at the peak of probably the Walking Dead's popularity. Right when they in- introduced Negan on uh, the uh, AMC TV series. Um, and uh, that is still helping me pick up books to this date. That is still helping me. Um, and uh, honestly, it's one of those things. So you're going to run off the Walking Dead minute because I have We're all of the single run off- issues
0: since then. We're going to run off the Walking Dead minute. So am going through two, it at the same time. If, if you <laughs> have two years worth of Walking Dead you have not read, which means you have 24 comics, which means <laughs> yep. 24 comics you haven't read. At five minutes to read a Walking Dead issue, that's 120 minutes, which means you haven't had two hours and two years to
1: read Walking Dead. In one year, <laughs> I definitely did not have that time. And uh, because uh, – and uh, don't let me uh, – don't let me get into that one. And um, – the previous year, I can't recall anything right now.
2: Ten oh, minutes. Right.
1: Uh... It, it takes me, it probably takes me ten minutes to read a Walking Dead comic because I'm looking for things throughout it. I don't know. I, it's not that I read slow. It's that I really take my time doing it. Um, but I'll tell you this. I've been tearing through those Machine Man books lately. And, uh, you know, I read those three Iron Mans this morning, which I'll talk about later.
0: All right, Ready? I, I, well, not yet. Hold on. I think the goons, because that's what I'm start calling them. The what? The goons. The goons. Gunther. He's the goons. <laughs> okay. Uh, the goons was telling me that people spend the average of two-something seconds on each panel. I'm not saying – we love The Walking Dead comic books. However, it, it does kind of peeve me that it takes five minutes to read something that I spent $4 for. Not that I'm that cheap, well, but when you're spending – yeah you're 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 buying 10 15 comics it adds up fast so but at the same time though cuz i'm so hardcore uh i uh <laughs> I, I love Charlie adler and i've mm-hmm. loved him since the x-files i remember when i first picked up the x-files uh back in like what was it 90 when did that first x-files i want to say like 96 when topps sure. was doing it oh when topps gosh. was doing it maybe 94 I remember we were living in Alaska. We were on the way out to Denali, and I, I got a random issue, and I was like, man, this artwork effing sucks. And and then when I went to art school and then learned how to appreciate art, this guy can draw talking heads more emotive than anyone else in the business. And I will take the Pepsi challenge if you can find someone else that can emote better than Adler can with talking heads, because that's what it usually is. I mean, just flip through it, talking head, talking head, talking head. Yeah, I would I would say about eighty percent talking heads, which is fine, and then also appreciating his washes, the ink washes, the the way he uses black and white to his advantage rather than it was we're broke, we don't have enough money to do color. Um, he he uses it to his advantage, and as an artist, that is how you need to do it. Like I remember my, my art teacher back in uh, at OU was like he was from Ghana. He said if you want to if you want to have gallery. No, no. Wait, was that French or was that German? <laughs> I don't know. I can't do the African accent. Well, anyway, it, it basically, if you want, if you want to have Manhattan Gallery showing, do what you're doing, and make it a thousand times. Yeah. And that is what Adler has done, and that's what everyone else should do. If that's your style, just do it. I mean, a lot of people can't appreciate Junior Junior. I love
1: it. I love I love John Romita Jr. I love, love him that. on the Spidey title. That is some. All that stuff from the early 2000s that he did, that that got me back into reading Spidey in mm. that time
0: period. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm ready? ready. I let's, got the stopwatch.
1: I'm, I'm timekeeping. Stopwatch. And I'm going to flip
0: through it at the same time. All right, but I need you to give me the 1098 the, the on the screen so I, I can s- wrap oh, it up. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, I got you. Yeah, I burned
0: you last time on that. Okay,
1: ready? Here we go. And Begin.
0: All right, it's Walking Dead number one eighty nine. Robert Kirkman, Charlie Adler. Uh, we le- pick up where we left off. Where Eugene and Stephanie are in the in the train yard, and they see all the zombies coming. They run into it into one of the uh, train, and they lock it up and say, "Don't worry, I've done it before. I used to be a coward, but now I'm not anymore. But I still am. But I fight through it." Uh, they break out the dude that was trying to uh, uh, start that little bit of a, uh, a coup. And Rick realizes what's going on. He goes and tries to save the mayor. We've got to get the hell out of here. He slaps around the little mayor's little bitch of a son. He's looking at him like, I'm going to kill you <laughs> later on. They go into the woods. Oh, guess what? Here's Jesus. I love me some gay-ass Jesus. I love him. And then they're like, hey, let's do some things. And then Eugene and Stephanie are breaking out using a using a shirt. They break out, and he does some smirking. Carl says, hey, you've always never told me what to do. And then they uh, – Rick and the black dude that was trying to say. <laughs> You're them. out oh, of time. Damn. You're out of time. Oh. <laughs> you can't do The Walking Dead in a minute. <laughs> yes, I can't. I just needed I just needed to practice. <laughs> damn.
1: We'll see if you can pull it off on in the in, the, in the, with the next issue.
0: I just needed practice. Well anyway, Rick realizes that the coup's going on and that he's gonna be the leader regardless because this is happening. Very good, very good. The Walking Dead minute In 19 seconds. God damn it. (laughs) All (laughs) right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right.
1: Yeah, I need to sit down and read some serious Walking Dead. I think the thing is that it scares me that – and I think I've said this before. I definitely – we talked about this the last time we had a Walking Dead issue. I think that it scares me that I'll feel regretful for having sold them. But at the same time, you know, no, that is – I I have some very good reasons that are working out for me. Two really good reasons. And uh, what's more... um, And those are really the first comics I've ever sold. And I'm not saying I won't sell more comics off. Uh, But um, I think that the real thing is that it's going to take over my brain and I'll be reading them and really like want to get heavily into the zombie thing. And guys, I'm sorry. I'm not going to say that the walking dead isn't quality programming or quality, uh, comics writing, but the zombie craze is petering out when you have zombies wandering into an AT&T commercial or zombies oh, wandering into some car commercial, It's just like, guys, come on. We don't Dude, have to jam that into everything.
0: It it drives me nuts when I'm driving around and I see some guy like have like zombie patrol on the back of his like jeep wheel cover in the back. Yeah, and the first it, I'm like, guy okay. that did it was funny. That was yeah, it. yeah. It's 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 done, and you just look like a dad at. It makes me think that you're a dad at a high school dance, being a chaperone, telling people, "Man, that last uh, R. Kelly record that came out was totally fly, wasn't it?" <laughs> that's what. Totally. That's, that's how I see you, and I don't know why I just pulled R. Kelly up, but. Uh,
2: Whoo! Yeah, I don't that know, was I don't crazy. Really
0: want to talk about him. I don't know enough about it. Oh, man, dude, I'm got. I do, i do. going to break for just one second, mm-hmm. but we're not going to stop recording. It is 57 degrees in Colorado Springs right now, and I am sweating. I need to open my window.
1: Go for it. I, yeah. I'm, li- I think we I'm can literally going to take my uh, pants off. We can put up with some traffic,
0: some traffic noise. We I'm literally re- taking my pants off because I'm sweating <laughs> in my room, and it's 57 degrees. Dude, I swear to God, when it gets like 78 degrees here, I'm like, windows open, air conditioner on, and... I'm loving it. That's why I moved here. I'll tell you what folks. Um, yeah, we're not uh, we're probably not there yet,
1: but honestly, at some point we're going to want to change how we're doing things, get into more like professional sound booths. Our sound recording equipment is pretty reasonable. Uh, I think that we've got some technical issues. We would definitely love and appreciate hearing anybody give us some suggestions on how we could improve our technical uh, experience. And of course we're using like Skype to communicate with one another cause we're miles apart. But, uh, if you guys have those suggestions, we'd love to hear them until then we're broadcasting or podcasting from the confines of our own homes in probably not perfect ideal settings. And, um, yeah, these things are. This is just how it is at the beginning. I'm,
0: uh, I'm sitting in my bedroom. My, my my microphone arm is attached to my nightstand. I'm literally <laughs> sitting in my in, in my underwear right now, and it feels great. Like this I'm is why uh, I moved here. But I'm before not in my
1: underwear, I'm wearing a Santa Claus costume. Uh, and it's and it's March. Um, yeah, no, I'm actually but, wearing a T-shirt with some art on it that uh, my son did in a class. Uh, yeah. I got a construction site outside my house, and uh, we usually do our podcasting at night, and so I don't get a ton of noise. But um, uh, you know, there's a little bit more street traffic out there. I don't know if you can hear it. Uh, now,
0: when you sold when you sold your Walking Dead, uh-huh. at first I was like, "Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it!" And the reason why is because the only comic I have ever sold was the Spawn 185 McFarlane Headless Variant I got for cover price. Mm-hmm. The only reason I got it was because I saw that it was a Spawn issue with the real logo, just like we were talking about earlier with Spidey, mm-hmm. the sure. real logo. And it had that perfect little crisp little thing in the – in a uh, uh, little bit on the side. Yeah. The, the little thing that said McFarlane, that he drew the cover. <clears throat> I paid for it, ignored it. I was like, I just – Bought it because McFarlane. and love. I love Todd, the yeah. the Todd father. And Todd was, it was like, it was like a month later. I was at my mom and dad's house, and they're talking about comic books on CNN about how this comic, if you have it, is worth like one hundred and eighty dollars right now. And I'm like, what comic? And I'm like, holy fucking shit! I got that for cover price, and there was like two of them. I should have bought another one. Anyway, I sold it because I I was like, I'm not going to care about Spawn anymore. I haven't read Spawn in years, which was a mistake, by the way, because I love Spawn still. I'm I'm building my Spawn. I have everything from 185 and up now, but Mm
2: -hmm.
0: my 185 is a second print, and it is a disgusting blemish (laughs) in my comic book collection. (laughs) It is the pimple you get right on the end of your nose the night of prom. Uh Uh-huh. I sold it because Robin and I wanted to go to a No Doubt concert because No Doubt he got back together for a little bit. And then we didn't end up going. Oh, this. Anyway, we did The Walking
1: Dead moment. What do you got next? Um. Yeah, uh, folks, I'm reading Star Wars, as if you didn't know that already. Um, oh, I haven't, I haven't read the new one. Is it good? Honestly, yeah. It was, It was. was. Uh, it was pretty cute in some ways. I'm not as hot... On, let me go with the credits. I'm not as hot on the uh, pencils as I as I was hot on the previous creative team aspect. Still, Karen Gillian writing. Uh, It's Andrea Brachardo. I'm gonna say Uh, we got Guru EFX as the colorists, and then we got VC Virtual Calligraphy again. uh, Clayton Cole's lettering. I do love the cover. Gerald Perell is the cover artist. The this is this is clever, you know. You've got Leia on the on the right, and she is holding a staff of some sorts, and it splits the splits the image so that the queen that she is so hot to gain here you go man gain revenge on uh, is basically mirroring her. I really oh, I, dig I got this it. idea. You got me. it. Yeah. I really, really dig this idea that there is an antithesis for Leia out there. And I kind of want to see her, I know that they explained her entire reasoning, but I want to see her lifestyle and how it's going to get wrecked by what's obviously coming to her. But, um, yeah, if you guys didn't, you know, they were were on that planet Hubrin. They were trapped there. The, The heroes were trapped there for a while. Um, and they found their way off of it. Now Leia's like, no, we're going to go take down this planet that, uh, uh, Shutorin, that screwed us and got our fleet and all these lives wrecked several issues ago. Um, and my, my, my beef with it, unfortunately, is really just like, you know, it's just, it's not, I'm not going to say this doesn't depict these characters well. I can tell who I'm looking at. I know what's going on. It's just not as awesome as it has been recently. I'm still. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not dissing anybody for that. It's just different. It's just not as awesome. But it's still great. Uh, nevertheless, I like seeing Han Solo in a different jacket. I like seeing Luke in his what will become known as the Bespin fatigues. If you ever played the West End Star Wars uh, role-playing game, they basically said that was a pilot's ground uniform, so they didn't have to run around in an orange day jumpsuit everywhere. Uh, and then, so basically, they're going around, and they're they're collecting a gang of people that's going to help them. This is a heist story, basically. We're going to break in. We're going to figure out a way to wreck this place. And they're going around the universe to a bunch of people that they have helped or have caused them problems in the past in other... We're in issue sixty-two, guys. They're they've encountered some other folks. They're going around collecting them together to say, "We want your help to go do this." And we're gonna take, we're gonna hit the empire hard in this way. And so they go get this you- shape cha- shape changing character that actually I'm not familiar with, and I thought I'd read every issue of this book.
0: Yeah, he's the one that helped them break out uh, the um, the fish guy. I always mess up his name. Admiral Ackbar. His king from prison before he died. Oh, my gosh. I, what
1: That must have been a couple of years ago.
0: No, that was like six months ago. Six months
1: ago? Yeah. Man, I'm sorry, folks. I totally dropped the ball on something there, and I got to go back and get those issues. I think, actually, I've. I, it's not that I don't have them. I feel like I've read the last issue in that sequence, but I didn't remember the shape-shifting guy. So I think something... Oh, he folks, was rad. You, you all know that I'll, I'll go work solidly for on a job for like two to four months and I will drop the ball. Then I'll come back and I'll be like, cool. I'm going to read all of my books now and whatever. Yeah. It's, but I, also,
0: also I'm, you and I are, we had some really shitty last like eight months and we're barely coming out of it now. Yeah. We've uh, some issues. We, we, we could have, we could have drank our way through an issue. Um, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna apologize for it. Uh kiss our ass if you got a problem with it. I just am I gonna work that into like three three times each each uh yeah. what are you, kissing kiss, ass kissing? <laughs> Kiss Terry Dodson's ass. Yeah, and kiss, kiss my shiny Greg robot. Land's ass, yeah. No, right. no. We read it. It was there. It's in your it, you just don't remember. No, he's, I he's have, the, if I read anything when I'm read.
1: getting ready to go to bed. It's, I'm not going to retain it. That's why I like to read things right when I wake up, right when I'm having coffee. That's my favorite time of day to be reading anything. I read a ridiculously detailed book on – it's the John Toland book about Hitler. I don't know why. It was just on the bookcase. It was something that's left over in all the stuff that all the, – all—all the, we have a lot of history books. And uh, it was one of those books my dad had for whatever reason. Um Hold and on, hold on. I've retained we get there, a lot of that, just early morning reading.
0: I, I've got an Edgar Allan Poe Blackcraft cult shirt. Uh-huh. And some dumbass at work the other day thought it was a Hitler shirt. Oh, man. <laughs> it's what? just his face. It's that It's that traditional picture that if you Google his name right now, it's probably going to the first eight things you pop up. It's the same photo. And some dumbass thought it was a Hitler shirt. Edgar Allan Poe? <laughs> I guess I can maybe see that. I was
1: walking down. I don't. This is a tangential. This is way, we got to get back to the topic here. We're uh, having fun though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, the Star Wars book has been consistently incredible since Marvel took over the license again. And I wouldn't mind going back and long boxing the previous license to Dark Horse because that
0: also was a good book. Uh, All of them are great. All of them are great. I mean, they were actually better than what's happening now. There was the some Dark Horse stuff was way better.
1: Well, there was some Dark Horse stuff that I really did not like way back. And I'm talking about, like, I don't know, 1999, 2001-ish. Just some... (sighs) These characters are always awesome to read. It's always fun to see Leia and Han bickering over stuff. It's always fun to see Luke trying to do something that is ancillary to what he needs to be doing because he's got that whole Jedi thing, you know? Yeah. And it's always fun to see some jack wagon show up and cause Han some grief because Han has a previous life as a smuggler. There's a load of stuff to work with there. You know? And it just... This is... As a team, you can't get much better than this kind of things where everybody's got problems Everybody's got their own thing. Everybody's got their thing with this other character. You've got best friends. You've got like that grinding, whether or not they're going to get together stuff. And we know what happens with it because we've seen the movies. But this time period between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back is a delicious area that is more or less unexplored except in comics. And Hold on. Uh, You can get into the Shadows of the Empire business uh, oh, the sometime Empire. later that takes place between Empire and Jedi. But I don't know. It's it only feels like that's a six month time period. Whereas this is like three and a half years that you can really go nuts on.
0: Shadows of the Empire, I know nothing about other than that it was one of the best Nintendo 64 video games my sister and I ever played. We played it over and over and over again. I would let her play, I would she'd let me play. All we cared about is watching it happen. We played it like a movie. I think Robin and I beat that game like three times. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you're Dash Rendar. That's right. That's right. Following Han, you're basically you're you're basically uh, the uh, the cleaner. uh, After after the fact, but you're still taking care of some major issues. Yeah. Um, When you said that, it it really occurred to me. It it popped in my head because. We're exploring a time that's really good in between New Hope and Empire, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. How safe is that? Not safe.
1: It shouldn't be safe at all. Well, I mean, are you talking about for the characters or for us as readers? No.
0: No. As Disney putting out and pumping out more Star Wars. How safe is that? Because you can't mess that up. Point oh, A right. to point point A to point B has already been established and, is, and and people can recite it backwards. Yeah. You can explore this time and have as much fun as you want. Just make sure that Empire happens.
1: Exactly. That's it. Someday or another, how many issues does it take? This is the beauty of the original Marvel license for Star Wars in the seventies and eighties. Uh It was taking place after the Death Star. The first, what, seven issues of the Marvel license was a retelling of the first Star Wars movie in 1977. And uh, so you don't have Obi-Wan. You have memories of Obi-Wan. And the first thing that they do is split Luke off to go do his own thing with Leia, and then Han and Chewie going off and getting into all kinds of antics. Go check that stuff out. Artwork is messed up it's not so completely obvious as to uh, all of the artists who were working on it because they didn't have the internet and they didn't have tomes of references to draw from. The Millennium Falcon is always messed up. It never looks right. It, the cockpit is forever being stuck on the wrong side. Uh, it's just stupid crap like that that makes sense because they didn't have all the reference material. But... There's some fascinating stories that take place in there. I've even got action figures built upon some of the uh, uh, issues, the 90s of issues, not the 1990s, but like when we get into the 90s as far as the issue numbering system went, of, uh, of a Lady Vader type character who has an energy whip and is so wanting to kill Luke Skywalker. Really cool action figures, probably selling them soon, but... Um, Man, I'll tell you what, at a certain point when Empire Strikes Back came out, they were like, you've got to do Empire Strikes Back now. Because everybody's going to want those comics, and you're not going to do that as an off, like like a side book, and continue this storyline of what happens between them. And they had the benefit of it. It took three years to get from A New Hope to Empire being released in the theaters. So they could run stories with these characters For as long as they want to in that time period. But at some point, they should do Empire. And then, should they pay attention to Shadows of the Empire? I don't know why not. But, they I mean, what do you do at a certain point? Is Star Wars fatigue ever really
0: going to hit us? Uh, It hit me right about when... That whiny pussy murdered Han Solo, and I cried through the rest of the uh, uh, the entire movie, and the guys I went through looked at me like, what the hell's wrong with him? He's probably just drunk. Yeah, I was drunk. But you know what? <laughs> I cried through that whole thing. I did not wait that long to see this movie for that to happen and watch one of my childhood heroes get murdered uh, by an amazing actor, by the way. Yeah, uh, it's, okay.
1: uh, it's tragic that for <laughs> – oh, Adam Driver is awesome, but simultaneously – Kylo Ren, I. They're. I mean, I was really yeah. hoping for, we're going to go off on a long thing here, but so let's try to. We, it we in. have. Let's Let's do this, let's do this for five minutes. Let's this do this podcast. for five minutes. Kylo Ren stood more of a chance of coming through as an incredible character by the end of the Last Jedi, and then they went and did exactly. They blew his entire character progression by making him a total psycho a second time a third time a fourth time ah
0: dude dahmer was a psycho bundy was a psycho don't deplete their memory by oh dude referencing kylo Come ren on. being a psycho he was a whiny little child we're talking about gym skills here about how much you can lift no, what? <laughs> he, no he was talking a psycho
1: about him freaking out Everything, yeah. fire
0: everything those, on those were Skywalker. tantrums. Those were tantrums. You remember being in the grocery store and some little kid just throws himself yeah, on the okay. ground and starts kicking and punching in the in the cereal. <laughs> that is what Kylo Ren was. Bundy Dahmer. Those were psychos.
1: All right, all right. I'm not going to support. I mean, I get that, but I'm not.
0: We're not pro psycho. <laughs> all right, there for, you go. For everyone that just got Thank triggered you for that. For everyone that just got triggered, if if you did, hopefully you're feet away from your ambient and your Zoloft. Um, but <laughs> actually, no, I, I hope you're not close to your ambient and Zoloft. Anyway, um, whatever
1: you're doing, I hope that you're safe. <laughs> and if you've got a, you know, if you need to talk to somebody, phone us up. Uh, yes. But uh, things Thank you, being what they back. are, um, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, that was a waste. We uh, that, uh, that
0: movie, both of those movies have been a waste as far as I'm I, concerned. I, I left crying. I called you literally weeping outside while everyone was inside still hoping there was some after credits thing like morons. And I'm like, is this how you felt after you left Phantom Menace? And you said yes. You just took this big exhale and said yes.
1: Yeah, I recall leaving the Phantom uh. Menace and everybody that I knew – That was there with me at the time knew that I was the biggest fan of our entire, you know, friend group outside of uh, one of my other buddies who I wasn't friends with quite yet. If I recall, I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, And um, oh, dude, I'll tell you what, like leaving and everybody's like, that was awesome. Oh, it was so cool when this happened. It was really like shaky and then finally somebody said, what do you think, Colin? What do you think? And I'm like, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think right now. Because it's Jar Jar and it's... honest. It's, I don't care, man. The whole battle at the end of it where they're on Naboo and it's the droids versus the Gungans looks like shit. That is the most unrealistic battlefield I've ever seen. It's just a grassland. There's no detail. Just, that's, that's crap CG. I uh, I can't take anything seriously that happened in the Phantom Menace. I can't take anything seriously. They are they're 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 doing Star Wars for Star Wars sake at this point and uh for Star Wars sake, stop doing it. I was done with episode 3. I thought, "You know what? I can accept this being the last Star Wars movie. Episode 3 was where that needed to progress to. It got us to there." Uh, but you know, hey, I love Rogue one rogue one feels Ooh, that, like was a the sam- Star Wars that was that was be
0: we deserved that was a samurai film, man, in my mind that was that was a bunch of Ronin that knew this was a suicide mission, and I didn't like it the first time until you pointed that out, and when I yeah. watched it, it gave me chills when I realized that that what was happening Ragtag group of kick ass misfits we've got uh uh one punch man it man, uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cheer it, yeah, in way. yeah. I mean, uh, well, I mean,
1: folks, for real, like, oh, there's a lot of. There, I've seen some people dissing on Rogue One online. I can live with that, and I, I've, li- I listen to it, and I look at it, and I'm like, I understand why you feel that way. Nevertheless, I love it, and I, I listen to the Michael Giacchino score all the time. I listen to it over and over and over again. Uh, I love going to YouTube and just watching or listening to the Space Battle of Scarif. On, I, I just, I can't get enough of it. And then, and then more, uh, are we having some technical issues?
0: No, I'm cleaning my screen. Oh, okay, sorry.
1: thank you. I was like, why are you waving at me? And then uh, more, if you played the, uh, what is it? The, um, the Fantasy Flight Games, Star Wars Rebellion board game, I freaking love it. And the expansion for Rogue One, uh, I think it's worth picking up. Uh, it really – it does add some things, especially a bunch of interesting new vehicles and stuff. But uh, I could go off on a, a whole tangent about just that game. Anyway, we have talked the hell out of some Star Wars.
0: Yeah, um, we have. But but while we're on uh, a specific subject, you mentioned you're – you know, you can deal with people, like, crapping on Rogue One. But how do you feel about people crapping on Miss Mar- uh, Captain Marvel?
1: Um. I mean, for
0: one We're, thing, you're seeing it tonight. You're you, seeing it tonight. I'm seeing it tomorrow, right? Yeah,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and check it out tonight. I haven't already seen it, but what I have seen is a ton of online pissing and moaning about Captain Marvel, and it's mainly because of the stuff that uh, that Brie Larson said uh, recently. And I, you know, and then what I was that, huh? What did she say? At a certain point, I. Didn't want to hear about it, you know? Basically, she's complaining about... Uh, she's complaining about men, and uh, men being the ones who are dictating... I, I Honestly, dude, I'm going to say I watched it one time, and what I'm seeing is more backlash against her than the movie, but then I'm starting to see all these people complain about... That the movie is going to be so woke, and that it I hate is. Hate that word. I hate that word.
0: It's kind of. It's kind of a. It, it's it's a buzz term like it, like like it's fly. It's whack. It's it's the bomb. Like woke, really? What does that mean? Like I saw that in a Fox News article <laughs> earlier when yeah. I was looking at the news, and like this, they were complaining about someone not being woke enough. Like, really, you guys are using slang terms in your in your in your banner headline? Like they totally are. Don't believe it. Yeah, I mean, I
1: uh, I uh, I see Fox News constantly. It's it's, I a 90s. With a it's a ninety four year old.
0: It's a nineties film, man. Like, have some fun. Like it, this is this is in between. The big dog. This is this is the this is this is all the pay-per-views in between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Yeah, so this is just fast lane. Sh- just Fastlane. <laughs> Shut up and enjoy it. I'm, Shut up and enjoy it. Honestly, yeah, and, I mean, I'm looking
1: forward to it because I'm a Captain Marvel character fan. I love the original Captain Marvel, Marvel. I know we have talked about that. I'm a huge fan of Gene Colan mainly because I went and looked at that and I was like, I've seen this guy's work forever and now I'm really excited to know that he's paired up with a character that I'm fascinated with Uh, because I like the cosmic stuff. I like the Kree. I can't wait to see Agent Coulson as a younger guy. I can't wait to see, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury. I can't wait to see how does she get these powers? I can't wait to see Ronan again and I can't wait to see Core at the Pursuer again from Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, and where else? I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. We're where are we going to see Minerva? Are we going to see Atlas? Are we going to see? I know we're going to see the Star Force, which that's another thing. I went on a whole, t- you know, like everybody's listening to me go on about Machine Man and Count Nefaria and all these other like I call them underutilized characters. Maybe they're showing up and stuff like that. But the Star Force, the Kree Star Force, fascinating to me that they have. Their own super team, like the Shi'ar, have the Imperial Guard. Like Earth has the Avengers. There is the Kree Star Force. And I'm hoping that's what we're doing with uh, these Kree characters in costume in their kick-ass green costumes. Because I just want to see them pay attention to it, that's all. And I I don't know why they wouldn't. It's a rich lineage, despite the fact that it's, you know... Honestly, why do we have a Captain... Why do we have a Guardians of the Galaxy movie... Clearly, they can make one that totally kicks ass. And it also bringing in this whole business to bring bring that Infinity Gem to Earth. Now, why do we have a Captain Marvel movie? We have a Captain Marvel movie that is Carol Danvers because she is hot property. And I don't know how much anybody could really take her seriously in these preceding decades. Because when you look at the 70s Ms. Marvel book, this is the same character, Carol Danvers, and she's in her legless, you know, unitard
0: costume. Yeah. Uh. The one she was wearing when, uh, Rogue drained all her powers? Exactly.
1: Yeah. The black I mean,
0: one with the, the black
1: one with the lightning bolt. No, no, no. Well, yeah, she changes it and it, it's kind of awesome because actually in one of my Captain Marvel, or in one of my, uh, Machine Man books, they're advertising a whole new look, a whole new take and direction for the character, uh. I'll post that on our I know it's probably licensed material but I'll uh, I'll post that on our in our blog so you guys can check out that ad. It's pretty awesome because yeah, for decades Captain Marvel is Carol Danvers busty like crazy, super blonde and wearing that same outfit but with yeah, with the zigzag. So if you're looking at Kamala Khan these days, the current Ms. Marvel, she's got that same kind of, like, tabard or... She's I wonderful. Call, I don't know what to call it. It's the same type of, like, zigzag pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Captain Marvel typically has that cool sash, and uh, they don't seem to have done that in her costume.
0: Uh, at yeah, least I, the one I'm looking I at. Saw, I saw some online bitching that the, the sash wasn't there. Uh, if it's so woke... It doesn't woke, have to be. If it's so woke, then why are all these assholes complaining that her ass is as big as it should be? Like, are you is kidding me? Is that what me? they're complaining about? Oh, that's the first thing I've seen. They've been comparing what? her to. They've been comparing the original photo of her on set for a year and a half to uh, uh, what's his name, the guy that plays uh, Spider-Man now, um, Tom Holland. Tom... Yeah, because apparently Tom Holland's ass was way bustier and bustacious than care than Brie Larson's ass. Like that, that's oh, man. literally I'm not... almost everything I've seen. And I, if it's I, so, what? Not... W- w- what the hell? This is me
1: shaking my head. No, I mean, if you're going to complain about that, then why? This is the sexist argument that she's not wanting to participate in. And I'm not, I don't, you know, hey, look, I don't, I don't know what to say, guys. I, I, I listened to what she said one time and then what has happened is I've heard way more guys online posting YouTube uh, videos And watching this, like, projected ratings for, like, viewership interest and Rotten Tomatoes and all of that. These ratings of the numbers just plummeting. And I'm like, it's going to make money. It's going to be fine. I'm not going to let any of this stuff take away from me enjoying the fact that Captain Marvel and Kree characters are going (laughs) to be on screen. I don't... I, I just... I'm not gonna be sitting there. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm not gonna be sitting there because I'm excited to see Brie Larson's butt or any of that stuff. I already thought she was cool. I loved her in Scott Pilgrim.
0: Loved uh, her in Scott Pilgrim. Loved. I mean, it. I loved hey, her Scott.
1: in uh, what Don John. That was awesome. She had no that lines in that movie, movie. until the that very end. Ass. One line. Oh my gosh. I'm I I. I, I I will, I will wait until I've seen it to determine whether or not the casting choice is problematic for anybody. Because everybody apparently, everybody's bitching about how, or these guys anyway, are bitching about how flat her performance is. They've only seen the trailer. Give it a rest. She's not Kristen Stewart.
0: Nope. Thank God she's not Kristen Stewart. God, what a...
1: Hey, I worked awful. with her. I didn't have a problem with her. She was just fine.
0: Uh, All right. Let's 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 move on. I want to do a small segue, another segue from what we're looking at right here. If you can look at me, Captain X, we've got ourselves a new Rob Liefeld ex- <laughs> oh, A new okay, Rob okay. Liefeld mutant killer, kick-ass guy with all these guns. He's got a sword and a bigger gun in the back. And how many pouches look, are there? Pouches? There's no pouches. That's no the pouches. They're, they're straps though. They're straps. I, well, I the straps. count one. 2, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 straps. <laughs> Let me tell everybody and- something. When I go to work and
1: I'm wearing, you know, gear, I've got like a tool belt or I've got a belt with a radio on it. And I've got a thing that's got a little tiny clipboard that has my, my sides for the day. And this is filmmaking vernacular. And then I've got my Gerber multi-tool and I got what I, I have one belt. I have zero straps. And when I go out and I save the world, no straps. Spider Man can save the world without straps.
0: I, I I'm thinking this guy is a wrestler and he was seriously injured last week and these are all those <laughs> muscle tapes. <laughs> and uh, he's got this ridiculous like helmet on with an X. It's major X number one. And, and, the, and, and if you look at it, it's so 90s produced with like that big fake sticker. First exceptional issue, that big circle on the advertisement in Spidey. Jeez. A secret new X character is unveiled by legendary writer and artist Rob Liefeld. Yeah, I love him. I especially loved him in that Gap Jeans commercial. Uh <laughs> but at the same time, though, they say he'll have to forge a union with Cable to save mankind from certain devastation. I mean, they really shelled out for the font on this particular uh, graphic. But at the same time, though, they've got old Cable, who died like five, six months ago, uh, advertised, as well as old Beast, Storm, Deadpool, Wolverine, who's the only one that's actually really alive at the moment. Mm-hmm. Dead, uh, Cable got his brains blown out six months ago. Uh Okay, and then also – like I remember one time Haley sent me this thing a long time ago. It was like this this really awesome article on one of those ISGN-type sites, and mm-hmm. it was like why Rob Lightfield's art is the most ridiculous and awesome art ever. Just completely unproportional. This guy's Just, crotch – this guy's crotch looks like he was uh, <laughs> castrated and then a tumor grew over it. you got to see this. Can
1: you Can you see – I, I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at it online. Yeah, why is his chest glowing? He
0: has yeah, well, a glowing circle. Oh, I guess maybe him and Tony Stark are friends, and that's going to be a big reveal. Is this secretly Cyclops? <laughs> no, no. And I, I can see why you think so, considering the X on his face from yeah. Cyclops' old, old master from a couple of years back. Now it's a, it's a new, exceptional character. Totally new guy. Did you Did you not hear me
1: say? I heard new? that it's the first fantastic character. <laughs> okay, so this isn't uh, while we're while we're talking about gender issues and stuff. <laughs> so this isn't going to be a new uh, lady version of an existing character. This is a brand new guy whose real identity is something we've never heard before.
0: I, I, I it's what they're advertising it. At. I assume he's going to be some extra dimensional new Deadpool. Look at those guns, man. And I'm not,
1: I'm looking at the cover of uh, Major X number two of six, by the way. Who is Major X, a mysterious new player? Look at Wolverine's claws. Oh, my yeah. gosh. You've got to find a cover for Major yeah. X number two. Wolverine's claws, A, don't come out at a trajectory that would make sense for the way he's right? holding his arms. And more, his claws are so long... That there is no forearm known to man or mutants <laughs> that could, that could that contain could hold them <laughs> when they are retracted. Did, did did you hear about Wolverine's new power?
0: Now that he's back from the dead? Uh not having an upper lip? Uh his his claws get hot. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, he, yeah. And, he, and then he get and then he gets tired. <laughs> he gets tired. Yeah, and then he gets tired.
1: Okay, so you're reading this, right? Please read this so I don't have to.
0: Uh yeah, you know, I it's one of those things where I'm reading it in secret, but you're I, you're
1: here, you just blew the you just came out on that one. It's it looks so Xy. It's so Mom, Xy. This is the Xiest book I've ever seen.
0: Mom, Dad, I'm reading X Men. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what you got next, brother? Okay, so uh alright
1: we again I talk about machine man the reason being never what, stop yeah every 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 uh, every podcast i think we've done every uh, issue we've done i have we're, talked we're about we're obviously I've building up to a secret yeah it's not a big deal uh the point is that we're i'm interested in seeing what they're doing with their 2020 thing marvel going to do with their 2020 thing and i got really excited when i realized that there are tie-ins in the current Tony Stark Iron Man title. So Machine Man has made appearances in there and I went back and I found my issue number one and one through three and I actually, I read them this morning. And so uh, I'm pretty, pretty sold on this book. I'll be picking up this book. Henceforth, there are really great gags in this. There are really great things going on in here. Um, and this is this is me having read like issues seven and eight or something, and uh, and just this first three. But I was sold as soon as I realized on uh, in issue number one, a couple of pages in, Tony Stark shows up at Andy Bang's house, who is a robotics expert, and it says, "You got to come work for me. I'm Tony Stark. I'm awesome. You know me. You're not doing enough with robotics. You need to come help out. I can give you all this great stuff." And uh, he takes Andy Bang away in his flying car that has a license plate that says Rylos. Now, if you know what that means automatically, high five to you. Uh, We were complaining when we read this a couple of weeks ago, uh, like issue seven or whatever, that um, there were topical references to nerd stuff in it. And that they were... They were, um... An easy crutch to impress people? Exactly! But you know what? They've been doing this consistently. Dan Slot has been doing this consistently since issue one, and it makes sense. It works. I'm gonna say us complaining about that, we were wrong. I because should never complain
0: about Dan Slot. I, I messed up.
1: We should never be dissing on something like that when we haven't been reading the entire series. Uh, and... Um, yeah, I went back and I read some other issues. I'm, I'm very excited about this, that they're paying attention to uh, International Iron Man and Tony Stark's real birth mother. Uh, I like a book that's got Jocasta in it. Um, basically, I'm just – I mean, they've, they've got Fin Fang Foom in the first issue. Love it. Love it. Love and it. And then thank you. Thank you so much. I love that Tony Stark has Fin Fang Foom Buster armor because he has Buster armor for so many things. And, uh, you go back that far, you still have Cloak and Dagger TV ads (laughs) in there. I gotta check that out. It's on freeform. I guess there's a second season coming out. That's a great thing. Anyway, um, Sunset Bane for next appearance, issue number two. That is a Road to 2020 thing. Because 2020 basically revolves around Iron Man 2020 and, um, Machine Man 2020. I just... I'm telling, I'm just saying everybody, those, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to, I think in the next next time we get together and, and uh, Minefield's podcast, I'll be able to do an, a Machine Man uh, long box and then I'm going to shut up about it for a while so everybody can catch up or ignore it or do whatever they want to. But we'll probably Can't bring wait. him up as things progress uh, with their Road to 2020 stuff that we saw solicited in Marvel previews some time ago. Anyway, Tony Stark, Iron Man. I think it's totally worth reading. I like it. I like Andy Bang. I like Stark Unlimited. I like I like what Dan Slott's doing. I like the I like the artwork. I like the Wasp. I like all of it. It's just fun, entertaining read, and uh, I don't think you have to read a million years of uh, Iron Man to know what's going on. Also, this is clearly the flagship Iron Man title. So there's other Iron Man stuff appearances going on and everything
0: else. This is, this is what matters right here. You're damn right. It does. I've got one last comic and I'll make it quick. Uh Uh-huh. Now we've talked about making sure not to, you know, keep it fresh not always do the same things all all over and over again. We talked about Mortal Hulk recently, but I Mm -hmm. really think, and you convinced me to talk about it, uh, without really noticing, but, Issue number fourteen just came out. Al Ewing, writer. Kyle Holtz, yeah. guest artist. Guest artist usually makes me cringe. Not this time. His artwork was an homage to some Dale Keown stuff. You'd see it in specific spots. Banner looks sick. And my whole point here is, is if you guys have not been reading the Immortal Hulk, this is a perfect jumping-off point. Cool. He just he just finished a, a, a like. Two whole big storylines, but now he's he finally got to Betty's house, and he's sitting on her porch. We start off at the funeral of General Thunderbolt Ross. Oh, no, really? Oh, yes. And then when you when you see it, guys that are in the know, that have been reading for a while, or I, I've dug enough to see what uh, Dale Keown's stuff is, you'll see it in the mouth and the head and the way he sculpts the – the muscles in a couple different spots, but I think that was just because he wanted to make sure Keon knew that he loved him. But when he does his own Hulk near the end and when you see it stand down, stand down, the the plan is you strike and run, strike and run. The It's nighttime. The Hulk cannot die at night. If that will get you, get your britches burning. Uh, also know that my comic book guy, Mr. George Lovey Amused Comic Book, says, I haven't read it yet. I hear it's awesome, but we keep selling out of it.
1: Oh, wow. Cool. Nice to have some and feedback they,
0: like that. When they sell out of it, they know, and this is issue number 14, for 14, or I, I want to say maybe 13 issues, they've known we should buy more stock, and it keeps <laughs> selling out. If that tells you guys anything, uh, get the uh, graphic novels that are coming out, and... This is a good jumping-off point. You'll, it's it's got a good mystery to it. Uh, you'll you'll know that you've missed a few things, but the mystery isn't going to over eclipse you to not enjoy the comic book. The artwork is amazing. Also, well, it's not just amazing; it's really well done. The details are the the devil's in the details with the inks. There's a lot of overshadowing, and especially when they showed like sick banner and when when him and Betty kiss. But also the fact that this is the first time I've. I mean, Alex Ross has been around since I can remember. I, I remember I was the first time I saw Alex Ross. I was trying to find on uh, Kenny. Uh, well, actually, it was X Men number seventy five, mm-hmm. and no one had it. And Marvels was on the shelves, and I was like, "Wow, they're painting these things now." Yeah. And reading Marvels, you know, I eventually got my hands on it. And then he did like you know, actually, he's done a lot of uh, really credible work, but. When it comes to his paintings, he can he can belt them out no problem. You know he's he's fast enough. He's got that skill. When it comes to powerful imagery that really resonates with the story, you know when you pick up a comic and you see like the Punisher getting shot thirty times in the cover, you're like oh no, this is where Punisher gets shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and it, and it it barely resonates because maybe the Punisher got shot in the shoulder. <laughs> and sure. you know or there was some big like shootout and it was just a a, a, a little bit of a, a, a little big tease his his artwork on these covers he read it i can tell he read it how do i translate the emotional content of this comic book into one beautiful painting mm. and and there it is there it is this this is powerful work he's doing this is this is something that's going to be studied and being real art galleries, not just uh, comic cons and some little offshoot or somewhere. This, this, these things deserve to be somewhere good.
1: Man, I that's mean, all I got, man. As far as Alex Ross stuff being someplace good, I've got my signed painting, uh, signed by Alex Ross, painting of uh, Flash Gordon, framed up Love on it. my wall. And uh, when you say we're best friends, I've got a picture of you and me to the right and above it. (laughs) Not that that, I mean, yeah, but,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're wearing your flash shirt. You're wearing your flash shirt. I'm wearing my black craft, Witchcuff witch cuff shirt. Send me free stuff. Uh, that was a good day, man.
1: That was a great day. That was a great day. I need, man, we need to, yeah, we need to, we need a podcast from our hotel room. at some more, uh, some more cons for sure. Um, I think I, I want to go back to one thing. You're talking about Major X. It is, it is super easy and super obvious for anyone to just piss on Rob Liefeld. It is just so the guy. You easy. Me? So I defy us to find something we can appreciate about this
0: book. I agree. Because, what? Liefeld, I wasn't hitting... I, I wasn't shitting on you. No, I, I mean just pointing I, it out. Know, and you, there's a lot, always there. a lot to
1: joke about when it comes to this character. I've seen some people pull some seriously vicious pranks on him at cons. Uh, online, I mean, it's just... Yeah. The guy... Uh, anybody who knows who we're talking about knows what we're talking about. Rob Liefeld is... Obviously notorious for depicting people love in terrible, uh, ill-proportioned fashion. Uh, and there's
0: contro- There's serious controversy around him as a businessman. But you know what? I don't yeah. care. I, I I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. All I know is is I've enjoyed literally everything he's ever done. There, well, there's great. never been something he didn't Good. do that I didn't like.
1: Okay. The next time we talk about uh, the, ne- the next time we next time we do uh, a, a, a an episode.
0: Tell me what you liked about it. Tell me okay. what you like about it. All right. We'll, 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 we'll get in depth with it, but before we go, uh, one last thing I forgot. I didn't want to miss out on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, VC's Corey Petit did letterer for Immortal Hulk. VC is on the uprise. VC's coming up to, to be like comic graphics.
1: Yeah, that's – man, I mean, every – it seems like every book I'm picking up, virtual calligraphy has been doing the lettering, and uh, I'm just fascinated – like, uh, it's like a collective or a union or a guild or something like that, or you know, you're hiring a company to come in and do it. I mean, why not? It's just interesting because it's a new direction in in the uh, in the industry. It's a new direction yeah, in the craft to see because remember
0: a company coming and do it. Remember Starklings and Comicraft? I mean, Jesus, those guys are still going going hardcore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope VC really takes off. And while while you were talking about your boy Clayton Cowles, uh, his direct IMs on Twitter are, are done. Like, uh, there's no way for me to message him to try to get a hold of him. I got to find a different way to do it. There's no way for me to slide into his DMs today.
1: Huh? I think Joe Karamanga. Car, Joe Karamanga. Um, I looked at a bunch of his Twitter posts at once, and he was dude was watching some wrestling. So, yeah. I he. I mean, yeah, he had. It was a while ago, so it was Royal Rumble time, and he was posting about Royal Rumble.
2: Oh wow,
0: we're gonna have a busy weekend because uh, you're going to Austin on Sunday. Yeah. Fastlane is Sunday night. There's a big thing from New Japan in like either tonight or tomorrow night that we get. A, that I'm gonna. Uh, you're gonna be gone, so I'm, I'm gonna watch it with my buddy. Uh, um, with my buddy is his his house, and we're gonna mm-hmm. podcast from there and talk about Ring of Honor, and then uh, we'll have to talk about. Um, SmackDown and Raw. No, SmackDown in Raw out. tomorrow night. Yeah, after we talk about what's going on in Colorado Springs, I cannot right, right. wait to go tonight. It's in a. It's bar wrestling. These guys actually got Marty the Moth one or a couple of times. <laughs> uh, uh, like it's it's literally like three of my favorite. Well, four. Well, no, wait, it's it's uh, three of my eight favorite things. <laughs>
1: Well, folks, that's going to wrap us up for now. What we're going to do now is we're going to cut, and then we'll long box on wrestling um, after we've uh, after we've been able to get some more material. Um, I don't think we'll we, we're not going to upload this right now. Oh no, no, <laughs> we'll no, we'll, no, we'll string it all together, or rather, yeah. Joshua is the one that takes care of that. So, uh, all right, folks, Let us out. Uh, we'll Let check us in out. with yeah. you again. Let us out. Yeah, we'll see you guys in a little, and just yeah, you guys, we're going to see you guys. In a second, and uh, I'll talk to you in a little while. All right.
0: Over and out. Make it so. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Minefields. It's Joshua Michael here with my friend Cody. Uh, Colin is actually on vacation. We just spent a good uh, afternoon day drinking and watching some New Japan Pro from the uh, March 10th episode of The Cup. And uh, what did you think, man? It was good. It was good. It was a a little little different. Now, uh, you said something earlier that really (laughs) stuck out to me about watching New Japan was that it was... Uh, interesting to you because you didn't know what moves were about to happen because you're not familiar with any of these guys' skill sets. And uh, I appreciate that. But today was kind of a hard sell for me because um, as of like, I don't know, since the Elite left, it's been really hard for me to sell this on anyone because I feel like the guts got taken out of them. A year and a half ago, I could have showed you 10 minutes of any New Japan Pro match and you would have been like, what the hell is this? This is awesome. But uh, I noticed that it was kind of like they they built up the violence. Like they really... Pulled their punches like earlier when we first were watching one of the first matches with Minoru Suzuki. I mentioned that like, well, he's not hitting as hard as he should. But that, now at the end it, with Naito and uh, and Kota Ibushi, they were
2: laying into each other. What did you think? I don't know. Like we were talking about earlier, it's like like a little different uh, feel to it than what I'm used to watching with WWE. But it seemed like it kind of gradually progressed even through the matches and and throughout the night, more just a steady buildup of everything. Um, I think it was probably intentional, but
0: I hope it was intentional. I hope it wasn't just them just not giving a damn, but it's, it's all right. We started with the first match with, uh, we've got Yoda, it's a Yoda to Jui and Satoshi Kojimiya and Taka, um, Mini Miju. Michinoku, and my one of my favorites, uh, Minoru Suzuki. Sorry, guys, I don't want to sound like an idiot not being able to pronounce everyone's name, but the second I start focusing on the, what the name is, I go cross-eyed and mess it up.
2: We're day-drinking, too, by the way. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. But we're not, we're not drunk. No. So, like, it's the bush beer that prevents me from, like, phonetically being able to read something?
2: That stuff's like water. I want to get you drunk. <laughs> what did you think of this match? Um... It was good. I actually liked the the young line. Is it? That's what they're called. right Yep, young yeah. lines. I actually liked him the best out of everybody uh, during the match. I don't know. I just felt like he was selling better. Um, that was the first match we watched. Yeah. That, yeah. I don't know. It was. It was kind of hard to get focused on and get into it initially. I think.
0: Kojima was really giving the worst chops I've ever seen. Like he was hitting Suzuki, and it was just like these love taps and. Suzuki's trying to sell it like he's Mr. Tough guy, and everyone everyone's looking at it. He knows it. Everyone else knows it. These are the worst chops ever. Uh, the first are, are you talking about
2: when he's in the corner and he's like basically yeah. patting on the chair? Yeah. yeah, that was pretty
0: rough. Yeah, uh, it, it was. It, it, I was getting a little embarrassed. Like, okay, <laughs> come on, guys, pick it up because my buddy like I'm trying to get my buddy to like this. Yeah, I'm trying to get me yeah.
2: converted over here. Yeah, that, that was a hard sell on the first match. but would so say overall, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was a little disappointed that Suzuki didn't really lay into the Young Lions like he usually does after a match. I mean, even though his team won, I just it's one of my favorite things is watching him lay into the Young Lions for absolutely no good reason, even when he wins.
2: So I'm actually super excited about the whole Young Lion thing. I I've, I didn't even know about it until like I think think what three weeks ago when he started bringing that up. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, I th- I thought the the Young Lion was actually putting on the best show out of all of them. Yeah, they really pushed him. I think this is one
0: of these things that they, they did the match specifically to see what this guy could do in a, with a Yoda. But uh, the next match, which we've got the surviving members of the Bullet Club. We've got Ta- Ta- Taiji Ishimori, Hika Leo, Bad Luck Folly, Chase Owens, and then we've got a ragtag group of Yashihashi, Juice Robinson, Yuji Nagata, and Manabu. I thought this was a piece of crap. Like this was—it's it, hard watching what's left of the Bullet Club go out on on stage because, first off, the new the new uh, graphics they have on the new shirts. Don't worry about her, man; she's fine.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just checking. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> uh, listeners. Uh, his 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 daughter's out in the back. She's uh, she's in the living room with us. She's just playing on a little slide. And everyone always wonders, like you know is my kid annoying you no kids are awesome don't worry about it let her have fun <laughs> like what are they gonna like not listen to my podcast because uh, there's a kid enjoying herself in the back <laughs> well it's all good cartoons. it's all good right
2: now until she starts screaming for no reason for okay. like 10 minutes then i'll pause it okay and we'll be fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's not like we're in a studio wasting like ten thousand dollars just for three hours of like expert report recording stuff but i appreciate your concern uh what did you think of juice robinson
2: he was the only one that really seemed to have any charisma in the match. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, he was—he uh, was putting on more of a show the whole time. Um, I thought some of his moves had a little bit more—I um, don't know what the word I'm looking for is. They looked like they—yeah, there's just some flair to it, I guess. Mm. Um, really, I was going for his team the whole time, and I know Bullet Club is like real popular and everything, but I just—I'll get more entertainment out of the other team than the the Bullet Club guys.
0: Bullet club shit the bed on this match. They were just doing that classic lame heel thing where the ref gets distracted and they all step on him and they're trying to posture and their, their new graphics and their new shirts are terrible. I really feel like they don't know what the hell to do with themselves right now, now that the elite left, which is kind of sad to say because the elite really didn't make the the bullet club what it was. They just kind of finished it. And I feel like they just, I think they're worried, you know back when the NWO got big and, like, everyone was in NWO, you know, that eventually dissolved. But what do you think, what do you think, what did you think of what was left of the Bull Club? Did they impress you at all?
2: Not really. Um, I mean, I'm coming in kind of blind because I don't really know the whole New Japan thing, but, I mean, it, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't, like, anything that, like, that match definitely didn't make me want to, Stop watching WWE or
0: anything. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I'm not trying to get you stop watching. I'm just hoping that there's, you know, better, different product out there. Sometimes better product. But right now, like, as of of up to this match, yeah, no, no, not better product at all right now. Uh, I'm tired of seeing some people get away with being lazy. Not, Not that I'm saying that you have to be, like, perfectly cut, but you can tell when someone just doesn't have their heart and how they actually appear in wrestling. Like At least the big fat guys are trying to be big fat guys. But people like Chase Owens... Like, come on, man, do some sit-ups or something. Like, you're, like, right in between. It,
2: it wouldn't take him much. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, 15, 20 pounds, a guy would be cut.
0: Yeah. We skipped a couple of the matches, actually. Well, we, we did watch the uh, the match with Los Inconables with uh, Sanada, uh, Bushi, and Shingo. Uh, this is one of those ones I just want to touch on real quick because uh, Ren Narito was part of the other team. He's one of the new lines that's working his way up, and he really shined in this, but obviously he got pinned there's a 99.999 chance he was going to lose and but he still did a good job showing off like uh, actual you know
2: technicality what did do you remember watching any of this this match yeah yeah I was all about the, the young lion on that one too yeah, yeah I, I thought I'd seen him before I think I think we actually watched him the first First uh, thing
0: you showed me there. Yeah, well, it was like a week and a half ago. Last night we we did watch some New Japan. He was he was pretty awesome. He was one of the opening matches. We were watching the Honor Rising. That's what we were watching. Okay. He was uh, he was one of the initial matches. Let's see. As soon as I saw Tichy, I was like, okay, we're skipping this because I know this is three and a half hours, and your wife's gonna be home soon. So we went to the we fast forwarded to the good stuff. Fast forward to Mr. Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shota Umino. What did you think? I really enjoyed this young lion who was three away from t- the you know main event.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and and from the start they seemed to put in a little extra like showcase on him. Um, he ended up doing a move off the turnbuckle, which was cool. So it was like, right after we got done talking about you were telling me that they don't usually do any high flag moves, and <laughs> like yeah. he does a high flag moves, you're like looking down, typing stuff up. Oh. Um, it was a good match.
0: I like that Shota was really laying into Tanahashi. He actually, like, gave him a few receipts that was not expecting a a young line to actually, like, actually have the balls to do that. Especially Tanahashi, who, he's not going to stand for that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, that one elbow to the face, I think it was. uh, Yeah. That was, uh, that was pretty harsh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, eventually, you know,
0: we don't have much to say from New Japan today, but, uh just want to make sure we focus on the good stuff as well but you know t- Tanahashi really really shined up Shota um let him get all his shit in but eventually Tanahashi you see in his face once Shota hit him a little too hard because they're they did a lot of slapping in like this entire this entire event there was a lot of man-to-man face pimp slaps
2: yeah yeah that that was the that was the first one where I felt like it was turned up all the way yeah um and then the finish of the match was just great too. There,
0: yeah, you could see in his face. All right, I'm done. I'm yep. done. Let's just let's just finish this guy off real fast and get it taken care of. And we watched Evil and Saber. I, this one was fun. Um, I didn't expect Evil to to, to lose. Uh, Saber, watching them get together, it, it was hard to really like like you said, suspend your disbelief because you you know. Evil is the brawler. That's really what I've ever really seen him do. And you know, Zack Saber's like the man of a million holds type guy, and has every every reversal for every move you put on him. But uh, how did you how did you feel watching these two guys for the first time? I know you've seen Saber before, but Evil, you've not.
2: I was I was surprised uh, the way the match went. It wasn't like when you first look at the guys, you expect them to be wrestling in the manner that they were. And I've I've seen a little bit of Zack Saber, but I haven't really seen. A whole lot. I've seen him do a lot, of, a lot of holds and stuff. But I expected the evil guy to come out and just dominate him. Especially when he comes out with that, uh, I don't even know what you call it. The, he had that Doctor Strange thing. looking
0: thing in the scepter. making It like, looks like he was casting the spells like Doctor Strange does in the movies. It's that, that spinning LED thing that looked yeah, kind of so I, I just expected
2: him to come out and just annihilate the guy. And then um, they actually put on a really good match. I kind of like how he was working his... Uh, his holds in, and actually letting him brawl a little bit, but I feel like he should have he should have been throwing more punches. It was
0: nice watching Zach come in wearing the uh, RPW British Heavyweight Championship. I, I think they needed to expound that a little bit more, but Saber did a good job, man. Like the whole time, you could tell that he didn't get he didn't get too uh, blown up, evil at the same time. You know, you you brought up that interesting point, like how are these guys actually communicating in the first place if they? Don't speak the same language. They have to speak the in-ring language for that one. But
2: yeah, that's one thing I've noticed, like strongly about WWE. You can <laughs> you can see people talking for their matches. You can
0: see them talking. Now uh, at the end of it, just to wrap it up here, because we don't have too much to talk about New Japan today. Because well, frankly, we just, we spent like three hours watching it, and there's not a lot of drama to play off a tournament. But you know, we're gonna try. Abushi and Naito.
2: That was just outstanding. That was, that was a good match. Oh, that was phenomenal.
0: What did you think of uh, uh, Naito's like, in-ring persona when he first walked out there?
2: I don't know. I just felt like he's the guy you would... You, you just look at him and he's like somebody you feel like is just a jerk. <laughs> he's just a total douchebag. He, comes he, out
0: and... he does look like an asshole. Uh, Ibushi, I like the fact that he looks like... If I was going to say... If I was going to look in a Japanese dictionary and looked up baby face, I would expect his face... To be next to that word. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like Captain America of Japan kind of thing. And
0: he's doing a really good job. I mean, he really got himself over. And Naito, at the same time, though, you could tell, like, that persona, I hate everyone. I don't want to be here. I'm just here to cash a check. I, I mean, even when he's, like, selling persona. on the
2: ground, he looks like he's pissed. Like, he's yeah. just like, you goddamn people. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't like you.
0: I don't like him. I just want to get my, my check and go to my mini harems that are awaiting me in said Japanese. Awesome hotel that probably has some toilet that lights up and holds you.
2: Do they? Do they have those? Oh yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, they got weird. They got weird toilets there, man. They have fun with them. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the in-ring action?
2: It was great. Uh, I think I think I became a Bushi fan uh, from that match. I mean, he was uh, the selling and the, the some of the shots he took. It just made it look so real. Yeah. Um, and the guy's, like, one of the few ones that's, that's built like a tank when he comes out there. Like, a lot of them you can kind of tell are a little out of shape. Or uh, That guy, he looks like he can take it.
0: I like the no-selling a lot when they were trying to be, like, as badass as they possibly could. Because you know that that was one of the things that Naito really, like, just looking at him, you know that's kind of, like, one of his things is that he's Mr. Billy Badass. And he, you know, was really heating up Ibushi for a while. But finally he got that, Ibushi got that... You know that boost of like, okay, I'm, I I can do this, and then started you know letting him hit him at the same time too with equal power, and then the no cell the no cell slaps you heard a mile away. Also, the fact that you pointed out that the it was the first time you really noticed the crowd actually like you know getting really really into it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not used to watching the Japanese wrestling, and they're just sitting there being all patient and nice and watching the match, and then these guys come out and they put on that show, and then they just they, they almost blew up. Um yeah, I mean, that, that was the best match out of the ones we watched, for sure, I think. Um, definitely got me a little more interested in New Japan.
0: What are some of the things you like about New Japan?
2: They hit harder. Um, one of the things I really like is, like, when they're in a hold, they're actually working that hold. Like, when in, in WWE, they put them in a headlock, and they're in position. You know, they wiggle around a little bit, they make some faces, and they, they try to get out. But in, in here, I mean, they're, they're cranking pressure on these holds, and they're, they're modifying the holds a little bit. And it's just minor. It's like you'd never barely notice it, but I found that kind of interesting.
0: The holds don't look like they're just taking a quick breather?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. They look like they're actually wrestling when they're in a hold.
0: What do you think about how the way they, like, really, like, brand it? Like, what did you think of the way the, the auditorium looked? Uh, what did you think of the merch the people were holding up?
2: I thought the production value was pretty good. Um, I kind of like the uh, dangerous guardrail really <laughs> thing. That's something I always kind of notice. Um, you know, the logos look good. I, I feel like uh, WWE is just a little uh, more mainstream about it, but that's kind of one of the things I liked about this: is it was um, not trying to be like this elite thing, but but take it seriously at the same time.
0: What did you think of the fact that? Um, the entire thing was all in-ring. Like, there was no backstage vignettes. There was no, uh, you know, shit talking, like, in the locker room. Or
2: I, I had mixed emotions about that. It's like the, fan, like the wrestling fan, like, that likes to watch the wrestling was like, yeah, this is awesome because I'm not wasting my time. Like, WWE takes, like, what, an hour out of the night just promoing stuff. Um, but at the same time, it would have been nice to be able to get to know the, the wrestlers a little more coming in new. Like maybe just have a little bio about them beforehand, just something saying, hey, this is what this guy's kind of known for, just so you know what you're getting into there. I, I,
0: that stood out to me when I first started watching New Japan, but I like the <laughs> fact that they just went straight into it. Like, let's let's tell it in ring. Uh, again, like I said earlier when I first started uh, talking, that the product was a lot better about a year and a half ago when I really got into it.
2: Now, I have seen some like little YouTube videos where they're like uh, doing like, a press conference looking thing, and it looks almost like a boxing like, uh, yeah. hype, and I actually like the way they do that, because it's more realistic, I mean, you're not gonna walk into a hotel room, <laughs> see yeah. a couple, of, like, fighters getting ready to fight, mm-hmm. so I think they make it a little more believable on, on, here than, like, WWE does. Would you want to watch again? Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, anything in particular that was your favorite thing about that stood out?
2: Out of everything I've learned about New Japan so far, mm-hmm. uh, probably the New Lion thing. I really like that. The young, the, yeah, the, the young lion thing, yeah, the young lion thing. Yeah, where they have to build the guy up. I think that's pretty neat, and it's kind of like a kind of like NXT, which you actually have to, like to earn it more than just uh, you know catch somebody on the top's attention.
0: Showing up with a big name and then. Getting right in there as opposed to like working your way up. Yeah, out. they want to see
2: what you do without your name, without your gimmick.
0: That's one of the things I like most about Juice Robinson is because he had actually just got fired from NXT. Uh, actually, I think it was still Florida. No, no, I think, no. It, it was NXT already. Did they and fire him
2: for something, or did they? He just.
0: just uh, he just. They just got rid of him. They just couldn't use him. When he went over, he went over to New Japan, and they actually gave him Gato gave him the the offer like you can just go ahead and start on the main roster. And he said no, no, I wanna I wanna do the Young line thing. So like if you watch any like. If you watch it, uh, like I remember one in particular, or AJ and Shinsuke are going at it, and at, at the end the, the young lions that pop in with the you know the ice packs and everything like that are Juice Robinson and the current IWGP champion uh, uh, Jay Switchblade White. Like they they were there working it, and he earned his spot there. He didn't just because he was WV; he earned it. And you know right away he's, he's you know the USA champion right now for. Uh, yeah, that's camp.
2: pretty real. I like the guy more just because of that. Yeah. Just, just that alone.
0: Yeah, and you didn't even know that, and, you, and, you, and he stood out already, like earlier when we were talking about his match. So he had that he had that charisma, and he, he was having a lot more fun, I think, than everyone else was.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it almost looked a little out of place there, because everybody's so serious about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know, I kind of like having a little mix, and uh, I think something New Japan needs. I think they need some people that'll just come out and make like, more of a spectacle, other than just the wrestling, to get the other types of fans to watch it. Any other final thoughts before we move on? No, no, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah,
0: and guys, uh, last Friday we actually went to uh, bar wrestling, Colorado Springs uh, wrestling. That was it was our first time actually. We, we've we've heard about the promotion and we've talked about it, but finally we actually bit the bullet and went and uh, went to the bar. And it was just awesome to see this this ring in a big bar. It wasn't too overproduced. There was actually a decent amount of people there. I'd say there's about a hundred people there, and it was a lot of fun.
2: What did you think? That was my first indie type show. That was that was a blast, man. I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to a lot more of those. That, yeah. that was uh, that was cool. The wrestlers were cool, really down to earth guys. Um, they put on a good show. It was nice to talk to them without them knowing their potential. I think. I think
0: all of them were hungry. All of them were, were willing to talk to a guy that just comes right out of the blue. With his hand out, and like, hey, I've got a podcast, let's talk. And I want your phone number.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He yeah. you, you pretty much just jumped right in and asked them. And yeah. They just were like, yeah, yeah, they were excited. I think uh, most of them were just so humble about the whole thing, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't, like, felt like they were superior to anybody there. Like, not even the, the champion. Uh, I can't remember what the guy's name was. I don't remember
0: any of their names. I'm not going to pretend we'll, we'll, we'll learn them eventually when we start if we talking to them, because we've got a few that... Few of their numbers because I want to talk to all. I, I want to talk to all of them. I want to all of them. I wanna know how they got into it. I want to know what they think about Colorado Springs as a wrestling town, if it is or if it's not. If they can, it's got the possibility to be that sort of thing. I want to know where they want to go. I want to know where they started, and uh, it, I hope they're listening right now because every single one of them was like, "Wait a minute, it's a like, podcast about wrestling and comic books." And like, yeah, they were yeah. super
2: excited about the comic books too. Yeah, that yeah. Was awesome. yeah, and we just. It's
0: just a fun thing to do because you know wrestling is pretty much just like comic books anyway. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to that next time uh, we actually get a little bit more time to sit down with um, the local wrestlers and get to pry their minds because unfortunately they you know they got a great product but their website is a, a bit to be desired for any sort of history or about them and the, the profile page didn't pop up for me. I think
2: and it's really new too though.
0: Yeah. But even yeah, we're excited. Uh, I really appreciate your time to be on the Mindfields podcast, and uh, you know, Colin's going to appreciate you stepping in for him. And, you know, and uh, well, he's at a, he's at a union meeting right now for uh, making movies there in the Oklahoma City, and uh, he always makes fun of me because he says union first thing I think of is mobsters. and Why not? <laughs> you got anything left to add, brother?
2: No, uh, pretty excited to get into the, some new wrestling, something that's not just WWE because I mean it's getting kind of monotonous
0: getting coming out just a little bit Uh, but the last two weeks, the last two weeks have been awesome (laughs) the last two weeks (laughs) actually before we wrap up what do you think this Ronda Rousey thing freaking out on uh, on uh, social media you think that's a work or a shoot
2: I I think it's a work but I I don't care I think it's great
0: yeah it's nice you were telling me uh, at work like it's nice to see psycho Ronda yeah I want UFC Ronda that's all I want she doesn't
2: have to do anything she just needs to come out there and talk shit and punch girls in the face
0: no, that's exactly what I want. I want Psycho around it. It's nice seeing her being a uh, goody-two-shoe face, being nice to everyone, but, man, it's so much better when she's freaking out.
2: Yeah, she has a nice smile, but I think she needs to come out and be around
0: it. Embrace some people. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, minefields, we're over and out. You guys have a good night, and we'll see you next week.